Welcome back everyone to Homie and the Dude and another episode of the Sky Realm. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Bodhi, you're an exceptional Dungeon Master, and I'm joined by our exceptional cast of players. We are so stoked to be with you here, guys, today. Words, what are they? Um, if you are interested in supporting Homie and Dude, please check out our Discord server. It's a place where you can interact with a bunch of other TTRPG lovers and creatives, where we're all sharing ideas, uh, fun content, as well as also just shooting the shit and having a nice time. Um, outside of that, if you also want to support us but get free stuff and content that we make, subscribe to our newsletter of holding, where you will get free TTRPG supplements as well as updates on all of our upcoming projects. Cool. Uh, shout out to Reven, um, leader of our Discord, lead moderator and lead community member, I would say, uh, of the Discord. Kicking absolute butt and being an amazing person. Thank you, you legend. Um, shout out to the art team of Josh and Vic uh, and Alex. Shout out to the editing and live production now team, Becky and Ben. Um, and shout out to anyone else in the world who's having a bad day. Shout out to you. Um, as we... Uh, come into this one. Um, we have I missed anything? No, I think that's everything. I think that's everything. Yeah, that's everything. Shout out to, shout out to Undergrand Oracle for just. Oh being yes, bad. apologies. I completely forgot. Shout out to our sponsor of this these episodes, Underground Oracle Publishing, for making all the amazing content that Blake uses for his character and spells and and everything. Um, they make incredible. Uh, third-party content for D&D 5e and the cipher system that is in existence as well. Um, all of their content is just super in-depth, really rich with color and flavor, and that's why we love them and are, are good friends of them. We love them. Uh, shout out to them. Other than that, cool. If everyone's sitting comfortably, let's begin. So, little recap for you guys. Uh, you guys uh, had basically conducted this heist that evening. You kind of decided that you guys were going to just wait out the storm and kind of see what happens as riots and chaos ensued across the whole city around you as buildings are being destroyed and the uptown reservoir is being basically just rushed by people as crystal water is basically flowing through the streets and hasn't happened for a very, very long time. Um, you guys woke up and uh, realize that there's a bit of discourse in the in the group. Uh, found out, you know, people's mindsets have changed. People are struggling with the act that was just conducted by this group. Lots of death was involved. Um, lots of, you know, illegal activities went down. Um, and the group is kind of struggling with that. As well as that, um, our resident strong-minded and like solid uh, monk, Evis, um, has been contacted by a being that they have, uh, you know, connected with a couple of times, um, and is uh, is is considering some options around that at the moment as well. Um, Blanco's taken a, a big turn from from their perspective on life, and that's going to be interesting to see how their new um, position of pacifism kind of comes forth. 
um, or, or you know, at least not not egregious murder. Um, <laughs> uh, but with that, our team then, using the information that they've received from Constantine, made their way through the city to the Red Light District, and after befriending a worker of the night, um, though it is always night here, so it's worker of all the time, um, uh, gave them some information about how to get into the Nadian fence, the Nadian Thieves Guild fence, and um, after entering the, the Thieves Guild, they... Um, how are about to encounter um, the the owner of this fence and the person who uh, is kind of in their heads at the moment as they've begun hearing this person's voice as they walked into this building. Um, aside from that, we also know at the moment that the Dawn is being tortured in Uptown. Uh, the party, the, the characters don't know this, though the, the party have seen cutscenes of the Dawn being tortured in, uh, in the Imperial District. Um, Uma being taken to be revived, um, and her father, Malcolm, deciding that both of them should be made an example of in front of the people um, at some point. So, as we come back into this one, we find ourselves in Usha's fence. As you guys are stood in this menagerie of, of things and items, there's all manner of stuff around you. You can see that everything from large, sharp weapons all the way down to gorgeous, intricate pieces of jewelry and slippers and things like that. It seems to be like some sort of expensive yard sale or something like that. Above you are canopied bits of like cloth that give you this kind of illusion that you're in a tent. and. This place is filled with like a smoky haze um, as, as you guys kind of enter. Um, the voice that you heard on your head uh, comes back again as like, Come on, dolls, come on in. Come talk to Usha. I'm a hop right in. Amazing. Um, anyone who isn't a fan of this voice in their head and kind of is trying to like get it out, could you please make a wisdom saving throw? Anyone who who would be believes their character would be actively trying to not deal with this. Uh, if you feel like you'd be like, ah, oh, cool, interesting, then don't make the saving throw. Or no, I don't think gives a shit. Cool. Oh damn! I got a dirty twenty. Beautiful. And it's all saving throw. Wisdom save. Wisdom. wisdom. Yeah, okay. wisdom. <laughs> got a nine a nine 16 16 toad or are you letting it happen so i mean that's that's how they do so like i know that's yeah it is what it is cool i'm looking uh, around i'm looking around to determine whether it's in my head outside of my head if anyone else is hearing it at the same time and i'm, I'm not sure exactly what's happening and maybe nudging the person next to me um Maybe maybe I'm next to Arnor and just saying, Arnor, do, 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 did you hear? I, I, do you hear anything? She's telepathic. You, you, you mean she's? Yes. It's like I I can hear I can hear the voice. Okay. This is the way she conducts business. As a uh, as this is happening, uh, Blanco, you hear just in your head. Nice try. Seems as though you're not as strong as your blue friend over there. Evis, in your head, you hear 
I got rid of her voice for you. And you guys begin making your way forward into this room. And as you do, the smoke smell of like cigarettes really kind of hits you. And as you round a corner, you see this gorgeous desk that has like the corners of it have carved into like dragon's heads that have like gold leaf painted on them. Um, and at the bottom, you can see that again, the, the, the feet of the table again, kind of replicate dragon's feet as they sit on the floor and sat behind it with feet up on the table is this short little goblin woman um, with big pointy ears covered in like piercings. Uh, she wears a massive like turban type wrap that is made of like a menagerie of different colors. Um, you can see that he's got like different little trinkets kind of poking in and out of the layers of this. Um, and her kind of dress that she's wearing is this kind of like older, like almost Victorian kind of style dress with puffy sleeves and whatnot. Um, but again, just it seems to like almost in the light change color as she moves uh, and, and, and kind of shifts. As she sits there and the smoke kind of covers in front of her eyes and you can see her long nose poking past her fingers in that long cigarette holder in her hand. Hey there, the green jalapenos. It's a pleasure to meet you all. My name is of course, Usha. And as she says this, she blows the smoke at you guys. What can I do for all of you? Toad's gonna bow respectfully. Um, and then when Toad speaks, some smoke's gonna come out of his mouth too, because that was the answer tree and kind of do like a little bit of like it's almost like just smoke as he talks a little bit. Uh. Just, um, well, we've heard that you may have someone who knows about a second 40 stone. Ah, I assumed it would have been less time for the Dawn to send someone mooching around these parts. Let me ask you this, Mr. Toad, for that information, I'd be willing to trade, but first, you never got back to me about that date we talked about last time you were here. Well, you never said the location, so I know where I was gonna take you, and I can't just take you to any rinky-dink area, so it has to be somewhere, you know, fitting, of course. She inhales, blows a heart-shaped smoke ring towards Toad, and is like, well, it sounds like it's on my behalf that the fault lays. So I graciously take that blame and will make sure that I contact you next time. Now, I wish you'd, I wish an arrow of smoke through it. So I'm gonna make like an arrow, like it's like you can have inspiration for that. You can have inspiration. For that. That's yeah. fucking awesome. You can have a oh, D6. Chris, <laughs> Bump your D8 to a D10. Bump your D8 to a D10. Yeah, that's okay. Amazing. Um, 
She looks back to the rest of the group. So does he do all the talking for all of yous? Or no? You're not gonna say hi to me, doll? Hi. Pleasure to see you. Remember, us green people, we gotta stick together. You can't be so, you know, against our people, baby. So, let me ask you this. This person, this stone, what does it mean to this group? Well, we got, got to you, I didn't know if you were gonna go. We're not sure exactly what it means right now, but we are pretty sure if a 40 stone exists, it's pretty important to everyone and everything. And we're interested in, I guess, can you just tell us if it exists? Darling, I only trade in information and things. As far as I know, things are as they were. When some crazy guy comes into my fence talking about some shit, I just do what mine paid to do. I ship him to the cluster city, and from there, I don't know what happens to him. But here's what I would say. Who paid me? Well, the guild. The guild pays me handsomely for my position here. Of course. This wasn't an outside contract work? No, darling. I was told that Thandu himself wanted to see the gentleman. But I would say, from what I saw, you looked like a fucking piece of shit. The guy was clearly, you know, talking some shit. But I'll say this, much like your blue friend over there, I couldn't get in his head. And that always makes me curious. So he's in the cluster city. Well, whether he's still there, I don't know, darling. He may already be an incendium mining away at those ceruleanite power gems that everybody wants so bad. Oh, who knows? Maybe at exotic flavors, he was a. Uh, chopped up, fed to the customers. Who knows, darling? I can't speak of what, what happened at the city, but I'll say this, if you want to find that man, you best get to the cluster city before he can't talk. You know what I mean, darling? Hearing the cluster city, my tail sort of like dips between my hind legs and just a, a, a slight raise because Blanco just has so much sort of like memory from there and 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 just sort of like not a snarl but his his like lip just raises a touch. What if we were to trade something that you'd want? Information is something that I'd be willing to trade. But from what I can see in your minds, maybe escape or or at least a safe passage to the dock would be something better for those who have just caused 
everything that is apparently outside of my walls. I didn't know. I, I heard some noise, but I just assumed it was a rowdy night. Some information broker you are then. Hey, darling. I was chilling in my, in my office here, just dealing with my trinkets. I didn't have any business stepping outside tonight, but apparently from what I see in your mind, you caused quite a shit show here in the city. I like that. I like that a lot. So for safe passage and a question that you want to ask me, how about this? You each give me either a memory or an item that you value. That's my oh. offer. I'm going to fly over to Geo, grab that harmonica <laughs> that he has. Like, all right. It's now the time. I do have enough. Huh? Yes, now is, now is the time. Can I, I need to see that um, much love item of mine. I reach in and I grab the harmonica of cere cerebral carnage and I hand it to Toad. Toad, I have you, my item. <laughs> to, can you please yeah. make a deception check as you try and in your mind and verbally lie to this woman? Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, buddy. Okay, that is a 23. With a 23, she goes, okay. She grabs the harmonica from you and is like, you know, though this doesn't mean much to you right now, you were gonna want this one. She just opens a drawer and as she places it in, a of smoke erupts out of the drawer. And then suddenly you hear behind you somewhere in the room, just a as it reappears on one of the shelves. <laughs> Buddy, into Foley work, my man. As <laughs> 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 um, she then looks back and she goes, what about the rest of you? You got something you want to give me memory item? Do I have to? Because I, I block. Ah. Uh, she looks at you for an item, but uh, I, there's no mental like connection there at this point. So she's okay. probably looking more at you for an item. Um, also, while this is all going on, Geo, you're hearing in her head, you're having a conversation or at least having her talk to you. And she's like, a prince in my fence. Now that is an honor, uh, though you are a naive one. And wow, determined to find your uncle, but Jeez, chances of that are low. And then like switch over into Blanco's head. She's like, ah, oh, a change of heart recently. I wonder whether your master would be a favor of that. Killed so brutally and then you just simply roll over like a good boy. Very, very interesting. But I respect your, your courage nonetheless. And in R&R &R, in your head, she's like, Wow. It's kind of both empty and 
busy in here all at the same time. Your mind always perplexes me. It's almost like rush hour in the metro. But if everyone were a ghost. And then at that point, back to you guys sorry, outside of your head. That, oh, go, go on. No, Blanca. Arnar takes out his hand axe and just embeds it in the desk and says, "There's your item." Oh. She grabs it, and you would think with her small little hands that she wouldn't be able to pick it up, but she quite easily is like, "Nice. I can see that you got this from a dwarven forge. Very nice." Slotted into the thing. And I, I, Blanco comes from behind. He was the last one in and he goes, don't mistake me being passive as rolling over. Dogs still have a nasty bite. Well, I don't dream that I would want to see such a bite from you. Those teeth look magnificently sharp. And I said, I give you nothing. You've obviously already taken a memory if you know about my master. My darling, when I mean take a memory, at the moment they're yours. But when I take one, it belongs to me now and not to you. So if you wish to give me a memory, choose wisely because it will be the last. At that time point I remember. take I take off a set of my my claws that have been given to me and I place my claws on the table and I say take those. The memory will hold true because for me it's not about rolling over. And I hand her the claws. Ah, the tools of a master smith and a killer. She looks at them. It's going to be hard to sell these with so much blood on them. <gasps> Behind you. Geo steps forward and says, You have my memory. And he looks at the others and knows that he hasn't shared this with the others. Um, but it's of the night before I left the Mitsuhira. And it's of my father talking to my mother and saying, nothing will become of the kid. He's soft. He's more like you than like me. You can have it. Ah. A formative one, a core memory you chose very wisely for me, indeed. And as she inhales on her long cigarette, Geo, you feel, feels like something comes loose in your mind, almost like a rope is broken. And you all see this kind of yellow tendril of light come out the front of Geo's head and float towards her. And as she does, it inhales in through the front of the cigarette and thank you for that. Tom, 
Before you do anything with your character, I want to talk to you above table in just a minute. As she turns her gaze to Evis and looks at her and goes, Dear Acolyte, what do you have for me with such a strong mind? Nothing that would be truly of interest of you, for sure. But if you... Ebis hesitates for a moment. They like... What happens if I don't give you anything? Are there any consequences? Darling, it just means that the deal will be off. Don't get me wrong, your friends aren't getting the stuff back either, but it's up to you. I told you the deal. It was from each and every one of you. Take it or leave it. Would you like to discuss among yourselves? Though I will likely what, hear everything. What if I go on a, a, a double date with you? No, like, no. Oh. <laughs> Toad. A double date? Are you trying to build? Are you trying to build a harem? Like good for you, <laughs> but also. No. <laughs> a double date. Now that. Can you please roll me persuasion? I help Evis out, so it's not like I'm trying to start no harem or nothing like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's a lot. I just wanted to know if there were consequences, because I have an um, idea of what to give, but I, I just... 27. 27. Oof. With a 27, she looks at Evis, looks back to Toad, and goes, You know what? If he comes through with it, I would be glad to accept that. But here's what I will say. If this date does not come, I will be coming for you, blue person. You know what? Fine. Consider this an insurance policy. I don't want to subject Toad to whatever hell you would freak on him. And they pull out the holy symbol of what they believed Alia was a, like, to, like, what they grew up to understand Alia as, right? Um, and it was, like, the holy symbol that they've used to kind of stay connected not only to what they knew of Alia, but also to their partners who have gone missing. And they feel the, like, they, they, like, hold it in their hands for a moment to, like, absorb the, the, physical and emotional weight of this item one more time and then just like with a thud places it on the counter beautiful as you place it on the counter you hear now that that was impressive here's what I'll say to you now that you're free of this false idol that once was something that I am no longer, I can begin working with you in a way that I feel may benefit that weakness that I mentioned earlier. So here, 
take this. As the voice goes quiet again in your head. And as you feel this take this, you feel your heart. Dum, dum. 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 As you feel almost something begin to grow and crawl around the heart within your body. And as we x-ray into Evis's chest, we see black veins begin to grow around the outside of Evis's heart. I, I, I go to Evis. Evis, are, are you sure you want to give that? I know, I know how important Alia is to you. Something else. It's just weighing you... me down. You're sure? Usha drags, Usha drags it across the table. Ah, now that's curious. Okay, the deal has been struck. My people will get you to the dock. And you will not be touched, you will not be harmed. Just make sure yeah, Juan out there to lead you. Now, I promised one other thing. That was a question. What question would you like to ask of me? And I will answer truthfully to you all. At this point, there's a part of Blanco who wants to step forward and say, the man with black hands, the man with black hands but he's not sure that this is the right moment. He knows that there's a lot of other questions that people have. And with this new sense of sort of like peace internally, maybe this isn't the right time. There's other things, but that is definitely in, in his head. And he's sort of looking from the group. You know how a dog sort of like looks from, you know, one, to, and he's just looking at the group to see what what will be said similar going on with with geo he on the the whereabouts or the possible uh, existence of uncle ace is at the forefront of his mind but he somehow turns to r and r uh, as almost the representative that would ask the wisest question at this point and keeps quiet some heavy questions, heavy questions, people. As the party look to you, RNR, as a couple of heads turn to you. Anything from RNR? Here's what I'm gonna gift to you, Bodhi. Yeah. RNR is fundamentally a very weak character. Mm -hmm. Just, it is his nature. And I think for sure the fact that people are putting this much, I mean, pressure mm -hmm. on him. Mm -hmm. Even though he's like, he's supposed to be accustomed to it, that's how he's been raised, just to keep this weight on his shoulders. It cracks ever so slightly, mm -hmm. and Usha definitely can see it happen. Like for Beautiful. sure, can see it happen. Uh, as Arnar like is like struggling to come up with something to solve this problem. Would Toad notice this too? Just from working together so often, like is this something that's like noticeable at all? No. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like. At this point, you, no. You would probably be the only one to know. Uh, there's like a slight twitch in R&R's &R eye. 
like very slight cracking in his composure. Can we can we ask you this question later? Can we? Does that have to be right now, or can it be? Darling, I'm happy to answer your question whenever you want. But what I would say to you all now, a couple pieces of advice. Those of you who I know have questions in your mind, do not be so afraid. You look to this man as your leader, but he does not look at himself the same way. And trust me, after your recent escapades, we'll call them, the power dynamic here must be watched closely. She looks to Evis, smiles, looks back to you and goes, you have to be careful, you know? You've already had one person betray you. So, if you wish to ask your question later, I'm happy to answer your question later. It's up to you guys. You tell me what you want to do and I'm happy to do it today. What do you want to do? Can we, can we just have a minute? Of course. Can... Yeah, go, go for it, young prince. Lead the group. I'm sure your father would be proud. Tom. When you gave Usha this core memory, this, this, this despair that your father had like nailed into you, the final straw that broke your confidence back before you left has been removed. Geo, as he goes to talk, expects his stammer to be there and, and the lack of confidence to be quite as bad as it usually is, but with this core memory gone and this core feeling of shame gone, Geo now speaks with a newfound confidence that now surprises the group. Right, we can't leave here without asking a question. I don't know if we'll ever get back here again. Let's ask a goddamn question and get out of here. If, if it is all right with everyone, this has been a burning question for me. I'm not uh, going to leave you and, and act upon it, but if, if I could have this question answered, if no one else has another question, then I would love for the group to, to let me step forward and ask if she knows the man with the black hands. You see a smile come across her face. Blanco. See. I know that's really important to you, and I have, I have, I have stuff that's important to me as well. I think there's bigger questions for us right, right now. I, I thought this was the case, but it's, it's okay, Blanco. It's, it's okay. We will answer that question when it's time. We need to know what our destiny is. Arnor, I propose we ask. I take you upon your word. Arnor, I propose we ask a question that is very relevant to the next step we take and to the success of the next step we take. You have the analytical mind. If you can't think of it, I will. Come up with something in 10 seconds. 
or I'll propose a question. Joe's gonna Long go court. wait outside. So Joe's gonna hear that. Oh. Sorry, go Joe's gonna just hear this. Just walk out. Just hop outside and chill with oh. Reshi. I I I don't know. Geo steps forward and says, "Who is our biggest threat to finding this Porthos in the Cluster City or Incendium or wherever the fuck he is? Who do we need to be aware of?" Now that, that was a good question. For you, La, the people you need to be worried about, as water runners, no Imperial is your friend. Trust no one with the blue. But I say this to you, those who are freebooters as well, shall cause quite a swell in your escapades. But let me say this, with a team like this, I don't believe you have a reason to be afraid. Now, make yourself sparse from here. Juan will get you to the docks whenever you're ready. But I have nothing more to, de- to trade with you today. I don't want any more from you. I've got enough. While hearing this information, Blanco sort of like feels a touch deflated that he hadn't been able to get that information. He felt that like this was sort of a, an opportunity, but feels that he's put his faith in the group and and know they will stand beside him when that day comes and thinks he's going to remember how to get in, what the code was, and will come back and meet with Usha and possibly give a memory or possibly give an item if there's another time he can ask a question. Amazing. I assume... Go for it. Before we turn, I step to Usha again, and I say, one more memory for one more question. Are you sure, young prince? You've already changed so much. I turn to Blanco. I see that Blanco has kind of fallen back and almost shoulders have dropped, head has dropped. I look at R and R. I look at Evis's indifference, and all of it feels confusing. Something compels me to say, "Yes, I'm sure." Darling, please. Which memory would you like me to take? Take the memory 
of knowing the way my father looked at me and my brother and always preferring him to me and always seeing him as the next king and me as just part of the court. And that feeling I had. That is a good choice for me. She again sucks through her cigarette, out comes this yellow tendril of light. It breaks that thread in your head, Geo. I buckle and a little bit. I, I kind of, my, my knees buckle a little bit. As you kind of go down but catch yourself, Geo has never been closer at this moment in time to acting as his brother does than right now. That full sense of confidence, that, that lack of knowledge that your father put you down puts you in a place where all the other positivity that your mother beat into you your whole life. Who knows the, the, the degree of this confidence that is now in Geo. But the turtle prince that was once amongst you is very different now. Very, very different. She looks to Blanco and says, please, ask your question, make it quick. I've got things I need to do today, people I need to see. I turn to Gio and I go, is it for me? Go, it's just go. Yeah, let's let's do this and let's get out of here. Who is the man with the black hands? Porfa, T tell me. Now you ask for the man with black hands, connecting. See, 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 yes. Well, this black man seems to connect many of your memory strands. What I can offer you is this. The man with black hands is known as the one, the prime, the only. This man has led many to despair and many in hope. Which side of the coin you sit on is entirely yours to choose. But what I will say is do not forget that the man with black hands has lived longer than I. And though he may be strong, his mind yeah, this is, bullshit. is the sharpest tool. This is bullshit. Give him the name. We want the name. That was the deal. Give him the name. Now, darling, I won't be spoken to that. Both you made a deal with us. Did he make a deal? Did, did Was it a deal or wasn't a deal? Blanco is just like Raise your voice on one more right time now. to me, boy, and you'll find out the extent of my powers here. Geo, 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 really, really, I mean, we, we, Take it. I, we have the prime. I'm sure we will be able to 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 find him. We will. We will do better. I. I. Please, please. Take your prince with his newfound stupidity, and take him out of here before I do something that you will regret. Geo, feel. 
Geo would probably feel the like grip of leather on his shoulder as Evis like slowly curls their hand like over Geo's shoulder just to give like a little firm grounding squeeze. This is not Geo. a safe place for you. We need to. Do you want to take a step outside, get some fresh air? Geo looks to Evis and somehow doesn't see the same person that he did previously and looks at the hand on the shoulder and just gives the slightest nudge of the hand to come off the shoulder and says, whatever, let's just get out of it. As you guys turn, does anyone want to say any last things as you walk off? Uh, Blanco is just so confused about what's going on. So like the name is like, He's trying to remember if there's any time he's heard the prime or what have you. And he's sort of like, although this is all the information he's wanting, he is in such a daze right now. He's just like... Of course, you you know, there is obviously the prime, the, the, the right. leader of the Imperials, but right. surely it's not him. I mean, right. I mean, could it be? That's, that's what I'm like. I'm just like, I'm just yeah. like in, in a day, like just... You know when you you hear information mm. that is so strong that you sometimes are like almost in a blackout yep. from it. Amazing. That's, I'm. That's how I am. So I think. Go for it. Arna is going to kind of grab um, Blanco's shoulder and say, "We need to leave." I. I. Now. This, uh, what? Yeah, let's go. Let's get out of here. As, good riddance of as the group turns and you begin walking back through this yard sale of gorgeous, shiny items and stuff, you hear her laugh from behind you. <laughs> Watch out for the blue one. As you guys walk out of the door, and back into the hallway. You see the guy who stood by the door is like, hey guys, and uh, and kind of looks at you as you come out and uh, is like, uh, uh, you all good? Let us out, we're out of here. Hey mate, it's, mate, it's no problem. You can you, you can go all good, all good mate, like no, no issue. Uh, I, Usha's telling me that we need to take you to the dock or something when you're ready. So whenever you chumps are ready to go, I'm happy to uh, lead you there. We'll make sure you, uh, you, you don't get caught or anything like that. Now, should I get my shit? Yeah, yeah, we, we, what else do we need to say? Double time. Oh, okay, damn. You got real mouthy all of a sudden. That, okay, mate. Well, I'm off now. And uh, he goes to grab his shit and like a couple of other uh, of the people come out and he's like, right, mate, um, th this is how it's going to go, everyone. So stick close to us. We'll make sure that we go all the back streets. Don't waver. Um, if you've got anything to get, it's a bit too fucking late for that if we're going to make our move now. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if everyone's comfortable, then uh, let's, let's get out of here. A anyone got anything else that that you want to fucking say before we, we, we take you to the dock? I'm, I'm walking. Am I outside? Sorry. Yeah, I, I was yeah. like, I was. Uh, you're in this hallway. I'm... You're in this hallway, Toad, with, with this. I, with okay. the I, I, did, I did back a little bit with them, Rushy. Okay, so that's where yeah. I've been. 
Um, I I go up to Toad and I'm like, Toad, the Prime, the Prime. I don't follow. What do you mean, and I, Prime? And I'm like, you know, when you, I'm just like, the Prime, the the, the Prime's the one. Oh, the the one with the with the hands. Well. Oh. Prime, he's oh. devastated. All right, uh, I get it. Uh, the the dog loves the prime. Uh, anyone else got anything they want to say or, or warn us about before we we, we exit? And, and like, uh, cool. I'm glad you like no. the prime. Good good stuff for you. We just need to leave. So if we could please do that post haste. Of course. That would be stick between us. As they shook and open the door, swing open. You see the two of two of them rush out into the road and take like corners and are kind of like surveying before giving hand gestures. And the other one runs out, ushering you behind him. As you guys make your way through the red light district to the gate in the red light district, there's actually a gate so that, you know, people who come to the city for the first time, if they're looking for that kind of thinking, get nice and easy access. So um, upon uh, leaving through the red light district gate, um, these guys, you know, again, are just surveying roads, making sure no one's coming. If people are coming, they're like grabbing and knocking some people out, just making sure that no one is seeing you guys as you go through. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys would be in some way surprised, but also, you know, expectant of, you know, how good they are at what they're doing. Um, as you guys get to the dock, um, you guys have two options. You have the Thunderbolt ship um, that you guys uh, towed back with Ulfer, and you also have the Gladius uh, Ulfer ship, which he left behind as he uh, took uh, Karana on uh, in her own ship, basically. Well, which one are we taking? We need to decide. Arna, where are you with the decisions? Yeah, go ahead. What is, what is that? Everyone has more firepower. Yeah. I agree. You see Juan's like, right, well that's us done, mate. Get get on your ship, we'll 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 see you. Good good luck to Yeah, whatever. And the three of them turn round and are like kind of laughing as they all run back into the city. As this is going on, I'm starting to like clock what my behavior has been. Kind of, but it's all very ah. in real time. Let's go. Give me, give me, give me an inside check. Let's see how much you clock. Give me an inside check on yourself. Whoa. Which ship are we taking? Are we taking the one with like the dragon on it, or no, the other one? Arnar said the Thunderbolt has more firepower, the bigger one. Yeah. Um, I rolled a ten, but I'm gonna use my inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? A D eight? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, uh, nice. It's a 17. 17. So with a 17, you look inwardly and you're like, something feels like, in, like, though it's not at the forefront of your mind, deep within you, something feels a bit wrong. Like, the, the, there's, there's almost like, you know when someone that you love, like, like, goes away and you're, like, upset and you feel that, like, lump in your, like, throat? It's kind of like that, but, like, much smaller, minor. It's, like, there, but not super at the forefront. Um, yeah, so which which ship do you guys go on? It's the Thunderbolt. 
if, if Arnor, if you're saying it's the one with the most firepower, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the Thunderbolt. Yes, if our issue is going to be freebooters, I would like to be as weaponized as we can possibly be as we make our way to the Cluster City. Amazing. You guys clamber aboard the Thunderbolt. Um, who's going to pilot the ship, by the way? Who's piloting? Who did last time? Uh, did Ulfer. I learn a little bit? Ulfer, Ulfer. piloted. Yeah. And I think, oh, because because I because which McCall flew to his the uh, what's yeah. his name, the Sato the, the dragon, who, yeah, who drive kind of drunk. I don't know if I learned a little. Did I learn a little bit from it? I know I spent some time though. I can't remember if I did or not. Uh, I would but. say typically, if you and RNR aren't catching public transport, I would imagine that maybe Toad is doing the driving while RNR is doing planning and and thinking and contemplating big contemplative detective thoughts yeah navigation you know all that yeah. kind of stuff um sure. so yeah cool toad toads um stood on on the helm of this ship and is kind of like passing the things like this way as he and then like back this way as this like wheel that is like probably a little bit like it's probably you know about half a person so a little bit bigger than toad um as you pull the um the thunderbolt zephyr out of dock and you guys take off. As you do take off, you can see that though it was like nighttime kind of like light in the city, you can see the outside of the Imperium barrier is daytime. It's beautiful like daytime. It's like basically like three, four o'clock in the afternoon at this point. And as you guys come up and you course up to the, uh, to the like gate where people are being let in and let out, um, there's no one like manning it at this point. It seems like from what you can tell that everyone, it, like all the guards are in the city dealing with shit in the city. There's like no one manning the gate at this point. As that happens, you guys fly through um, and off into the sky out of the Imperium, away from the People's Republic, away from Ulfur, away from Imani, away from the water runners, away from the people of the city, away from the Claw Mafia, away from Uma, and a lot of things that matter to you, as well as also possible um, information about Evis's life partners um, and much, much more. And as you guys fly away, we're going to fast forward back to where I mentioned at the very beginning of the session, three days in the future, as you guys have been flying for three days at this point. At that same moment, with you guys in the sky, gliding through the sky on this gorgeous ship, in the People's Republic, a gathering of people is happening in Midtown. Close to 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, and it keeps growing 4,000, 5,000. The cities begin filling, uh, the streets begin filling up as these people gather. At the front of the crowd is a raised platform. The raised platform stands with a black sheet over it, and it stands with two rocks next to one another. Both have a concave divot carved into them. In front of those are two woven baskets. As this happens, Malcolm Carlyle walks upon the stage. 
hands in his cloth cloak, beautiful ornate blue clothes that he's wearing, uh, you know, hair tied up tight. Um, following him is Lucian Clark, the warden of the city, that gray-skinned, pale-eyed uh, person who um, kind of like as they walk through like a, a ray of light for a quick second, uh, you see their skin like almost begin to like fragment and shapeshift ever so slightly as it then returns back to uh, the face that is his, walking with his hands behind his back and stands away from uh, Malcolm. Malcolm then stands forth, pressing his uh, bone hand to his throat and says, People of the Republic, you have broken many, many laws. Because of this, things will change. Things will change. Your lives, due to your insubordinate and stupid actions, will become much, much harder. I wish to be honest with all of you so that you can learn from your mistakes. Now, here are the two instigators of this event. As this happens, you see four guards carry the Dawn, and you can see the Dawn has now been shaved. Bits of his fur are burned. You can see that he has cuts all over his body as they place him down on the stone with his head on the stone. They then drag Uma, her feet dragging along the ground. You can tell she has very little strength within her body as they place her down on the stone as well. These two are not a symbol of hope for any of you. These two should signify what will come of your lives if this thing happens again, if you continue to rebel against the Order. Now, gracing us with their presence for the first time in nearly a decade, I bring to this stage the Daimyo of the Imperials, Halung Basse as he turns to introduce this gentleman. As this gentleman in orange robes carrying two scrolls under his arms with a tall hat that has a flat, like, kind of like lid to it on the top, poking out either end, thick Fu Manchu coming down either side, walks upon the stage, raises a hand and bows to the crowd as he then comes and stands next to Malcolm. Malcolm then, Mikorath Sato! And at that point, this person is going to walk onto stage. This gentleman, a gentleman regaled in the thickest armor that you have seen. You can see that he carries a katana that is 
for those of you who know Final Fantasy, that kind of size. A humongous katana at his hip. You can see behind him flows a cat-like tail. This cat-like tail is both black and blue, sit very similar to the Don's. Though you guys know that the Don still had his tail when you met him. And then finally, they all stand and look as Malcolm goes, And now, all of you bow for the prime! Ashoka! Real. You see him walk onto stage in black robes with this kind of like blue and white neck scarf that to the common eye would look like a waterfall cascading down his clothes and turning into white frothy water at the bottom as he wears his barbed wire crown with a water droplet floating in the center. He walks onto the stage and raises one black hand to the crowd before bowing. He then turns to Malcolm, Malcolm nods, and he then places his black hand to his throat, projecting his voice. Oh, hello, everyone. It has been quite some time since I have made my way down to the depths of this filthy, God-forsaken city. Not even Deus smiles upon you. But today, these two people have stood against everything that is right. So, witness my power. As he walks over, to Uma, he places his hand on her head. You see his eyes roll back into his skull as dark energy moves down his arm along the veins. It looks very similar to the X-ray veins that we saw on Evis's heart. As he grips her skull tight, Suddenly she begins writhing in pain as her cheeks become drawn. It almost looks like the moisture is being sucked from within her face as it begins kind of crumbling and becoming dry as you see her almost aging with time, her hair turning withered and falling out as she looks to her father and goes Finally, she falls limp on the stone. He pulls from his back a double-sided katana and lops off her head into the basket. You see Malcolm shed one tear as it falls, drops and lands onto the platform. The Prime walks over to Don Leone and places a hand on his head and says, you know, we killed your father, boy. 
And I'm going to send you back to the hell from once you came. And if you happen to make your way back, I will be happy to kill you again and again until you learn your lesson. His eyes roll back into his head. The blackness flows down his arm as again the dawn begins to writhe as all the hair begins to fall out of the dawn. You see him begin to age and grow gray hair as that then falls out as he as he finally says one last word. Defiance! As he falls limp, the prime slices off his head. As his body begins to turn to ash and drift off into the sky. We cut back to our players on the Thunderbolt ship. And at this moment, we will next session go over what you guys do during this journey. But in this moment, you all happen to be on the top deck of the Thunderbolt. And as you look out, you see some clouds over to the right. Through the clouds come two gorgeous creatures that none of you have ever seen before. Though you have all heard rumors about these creatures, that they only come in the passing of someone important in your life as a symbol of moving to a better place. Two gorgeous stingrays come through the clouds. These stingrays are about half the size of the thunderbolt itself. And each of them, the ends of their wings are covered in gorgeous amethyst ceruleanite power gems that make up some of the scales of their skin. Their long tails flowing behind them, covered in the same amethyst gems. For a minute, they kind of go round each other and then begin encircling your guy's ship and flying around you. Before they dip into the clouds and you hear a noise that is the way they communicate that very few people have ever heard. echoes through the clouds. And as you guys breach through a cloud in front of you, you see it. Blanco and Toad, this is a sore sight for the two of you. The chunks of planetary matter floating individually with the larger chunks in the center connected through bridges, lights coming out of these chunks of rock as if they've been hollowed out and filled with gorgeous candles and whatnot. Uligatus, the cluster city. And as your ship comes close to the dock, you all see for the first time the inside of the hub. And what you witness is laughter, debauchery, Gambling, fights, waitresses and waiters dressed elegantly with masks on their faces. And that is where we're going to end today's episode.
Oh, fuck. What a dark little twist to this game, huh? <laughs> wow. Blake, please retroactively do what you were going to say. Please go. Oh, I was going to... Do you speak with animals? Yes. As soon as like they saw flying, I was gonna like use that. Uh, That's perfect. Mirror. You hear that noise, and when you cast speak with animals, what you hear instead of that, like you know, the noise turns from noise into words. Is just you hear first of all from one of them the voice of the dawn, just pained. Not the fire! As you hear the voice of the other one as Uma's, as she goes, Mother, is that you? Mother, I can't believe it. He did the same to me. And that's what you hear when you hear those sounds from them. Um, thank you so much for watching this episode of the Skyrealm, everyone. <laughs> we really, really hope you enjoyed seeing our group shift drastically. Seeing the trajectory of this team and their personalities shift in a way that I don't think anyone was expecting, L least me, the DM. I hope you enjoyed some of this, you know, chaos that is going around the world. And we really, really look forward to continuing telling you the story of these epic heroes and adventurers that are trying to make their way through a world that is just not so easy to get through. If you have enjoyed any of this series, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, if you want to join our community that is growing, please join our Discord server. And if you want free uh, TTRPG supplements from us here at Homie and the Dude, created by myself and our team, um, please subscribe to our newsletter of holding. It's completely free and you get lots of awesome stuff, including updates on all of our upcoming projects. Um, other than that, we really look forward to hopefully seeing you guys in the next episode. Cast, how's everyone feeling? Shell shot. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. on that, <laughs> we will see you guys in the next episode.